At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus this is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Hey there, and welcome into the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. Happy Monday if I'm catching you on a Monday. It is the last Monday of August. I don't know if you knew that. Next week is September, and I don't know where the time is going. I really don't. Football season sneaks up on me every year, even though we've been talking about it each and every week. But that's just the nature of working in sports and specifically sports betting, I would say. It's interesting because when I used to work at NFL Network, there was a season, a season, one of them where we talked about the NFL and we prepped for it in the off season. Remember that word? Uh, and if you're a sports better, it's kind of nice that you could take interest in pretty virtually any sport if you have a bet on it, if you're a little skin in the game. And sports betting is just blowing up more than ever. Uh, it's actually interesting because I read an article by front office sports, they do a great, great job. And it mentioned that sports betting is expected to produce $30 billion in annual revenue by 2030, which is not 30 years from now, if you are like me and think that um, you don't know what year you're in. It's actually just eight short years away. Uh, some interesting developments, specifically as it pertains to DraftKings, which is the company that owns VSIN, which is where I work, and VSIN also. Uh, works with Bet Rivers and we put on this podcast. People get confused about it. But yes, I do work for VSIN. We are owned by DraftKings. And DraftKings partnered with Turner Sports and Bleacher Report uh, to become their exclusive sportsbook and daily fantasy sports provider. By the way, I have to play fantasy football again this year. First time playing last year. Got third question mark, I think, in my league. And I used no waiver wires because I kept forgetting and I didn't really know how to do it, to be honest with you. I didn't, I, I didn't dig too much into it, to be honest. Uh, I was doing my other jobs. 
But um, I think that's, I was told it was very good that I got third, <laughs> even though third or second, I don't know. I know I didn't win, got some money, who knows. But we are doing it again. We are drafting again on Wednesday and I have some prep to do for that. So that's fun. Uh, but yes, DraftKings, Turner Sports, Bleacher Report, Daily Fantasy Sports Provider. And then ESPN also integrated DraftKings betting odds and daily fantasy information into their app as well. So just kind of all of the onboarding of the mainstream is interesting, especially because, again, we're legalized sports betting in, what, about half the states, 20 plus. So where's everybody else? Get on board, California, because sports betting revenue amounted to... 2.1 billion in 2021 again shooting for 30 by 2030 so get in or get out and again this doesn't need to be like a huge thing i just like i try to get friends involved in it i think that the big barrier for entry for a lot of people is the lingo for me it for sure was is it's like speaking a different language i've probably said this before on this podcast so learning what everything means can be really intimidating right like it's all fun and games to do duolingo but then when you have to go to mexico and speak spanish with somebody you probably clam up <laughs> I would, I do, uh, which reminds me, I need to do my Duolingo and also find a friend to practice Spanish with. So if that's you, tweet at me. Let's talk about what's going to be on the pod today. Uh, first, the hot or not list is back. It's a lot more hot than not, which I think is a great way to start the week. And then we will get into some WNBA semifinals, game one reactions, and perhaps a little dipping our toe into what we think we'll see on Wednesday. But we'll also bring Calvin Wetzel back for Wednesday's pod to talk about that, who does a great job of spread the floor, uh, does a great job on this pod. So we're excited to get him back on here. Frankly, I'm sad that the WNBA season is wrapping up so soon because I love having my friends on the pod, my Twitter friends and my betting friends and my just flat out friends. So before we get into the hot or not list, we'll talk about the Dodgers real quick as well. And we'll give you some odds. How about that? Bowling Green at UCLA. Somebody asked me about this the other day and I was like, get, come on be for real. UCLA laying 24 and a half points. Total points, 57 and a half. How annoying is 24 and a half too? Like what an odd number uh, to have to be working with here. I've heard some people say they would take the points with Bowling Green, who just two years ago, I believe went one zero game, zero and five in the 2020 season. That was obviously cut short, came back and won what four and eight, which was like third or fourth in their Eastern division. Yeah, this is a, a lot of points for me to want to get anywhere near the spread. And the total at 57 and a half, like UCLA should want to put an exclamation point on this. But do we know Chip Kelly to just want to roll out all his fancy stuff week one against Bowling Green? Perhaps not. So I'm excited to see DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, and Zach Charbonnet back in action. But uh, I don't know if I'll be touching that spread. Uh, you can also bet on UCLA still. Uh to win the Pac-12 at 10 to 1, if that's something you're interested in. Or you could look at USC, who are 2 to 1. They're the favored one. I It must be because they have action on them, honestly, because Utah has been the pick, the anointed one by media, by sports betting analysts, a, a bound. Um, but USC at Bet Rivers, 2 to 1. Uh, also, they host Rice on their first game on Saturday. I can't believe it's this week. And USC laying 34 and a half is the number total for this one, 64 and a half and no money line available. Not even an option here. That must be getting dealt with. Uh, as for the MLB, the Dodgers, they're in action at the Marlins again. They just won eight to one on Sunday and they are 
Minus 245 money line favorites. Marlins plus 205. The Dodgers on the run line, minus 136. And the Marlins getting one and a half runs at plus 110. The total for this one at seven. And I have to say I was tempted to look over, but then I saw that Tony Gonsolin was on the mound and thought, mm, let's not push it. Should I go for the run line is the question. Probably not. Again, this didn't work out for me last time I did a run line on a Monday, and we know how important Monday trends are around here. If we don't, that was a joke. We don't do trends like that around here. But there's the option if you want it. And if you're still following the Angels, bless you, because they are hosting the Yankees. And somehow, plus 155 on the money line, a minus 114 on the run line. Yankees are minus 186 on the money line, and the run line minus 109, with the total at 8. Very peculiar eight. Is it just me or have the total seemed really low for baseball this year? Or is that just the LA teams that I'm dealing with? Speaking of the LA teams and baseball, uh, you can always find those odds and more at Bet River Sportsbook, of course. The Dodgers, before we get into the hot or not list, on pace for 113 wins, which would be a 696 win percentage. So annoying. You'd like to just round that up to 700. They could be in the 700 club. And maybe they'll do that. Maybe they'll win 114. Who knows? But to get to 113 down the final stretch of the season, they would have to go 20 and 17. Uh, yeah. Which would really set the record. And then they have a run differential right now that's insane and likely to set a record as well. It's plus 278 as of now, which means... They're on pace to set a franchise record for run differential, which again, if we're new to that statistic or what that means, run differential just refers to runs scored minus runs allowed. So on pace to set a franchise record for that. They're also on pace to set the all-time National League record for run differential, which is plus 323. And do you know who that belongs to? The 1906 Cubs. 1906! Over a 100-year-old record. Incredible. Incredible. Uh, they are without their ace right now. Walker Bueller, we know, underwent Tommy John surgery, unfortunately. Dustin May just returned from his own Tommy John procedure, at least, for a little bit of relief. Clayton Kershaw, with his back, could return. I never had more sympathy for back pain, my goodness. Once you've had bad back pain, you're like, oh, God, just so much sympathy, so much empathy. I don't know which one it is, but it's both. Clayton Kershaw could return to the rotation any day now. Julio Rios, most starts by far. Please give this man some rest before the postseason. 24 starts for him for the Dodgers. And Tony Gonsolin, highest number of wins. Again, he is pitching on Monday. Tony Gonsolin, highest number of wins at 16. And uh, I believe his first loss of the season, he was 11-0 at one point. I think I was, I, f I didn't bet like every game he was on. And then I went in and bet one and that was the first one he lost. So I, it's just, why baseball? Why are you this way? Uh, with that, let's move on to the hot or not list. Spoiler alert, it's a lot of uh, NFL, Rams and Chargers content because the NFL 100 came out. So let's talk about who's hot. The Rams. The Rams are hot. Now you tell me what you think is more impressive here because there's two things going on with these LA teams. And I'm trying to figure out which is more impressive. I really can't decide. You let me know. You tweet at me and tell me which thing, you, which stat you think is more impressive. So I'll give both so you can ruminate on it as we work our way through this. But the Rams finished with the highest ranked defender, wide receiver, and defensive back in the top 100, right? So all of them in the top 10, mind you. Rams have three top 10 players. That's pretty sick. But the Chargers had the most players on the top 100 from a single team. They had eight. 
eight. And we'll put that into context of how cool that is relative to other teams as well. But most players on the top 100, eight, which again, eight out of 100 is 8% of the of the league. They have the 8% most of them. You know what I meant. Uh, so which stat is more impressive? I lean chargers and also because of who composes the eight that are on the list but let's get into individuals here so on the hot list aaron donald best defender in the nfl don't at me that is one thing i don't need you to tweet me about uh, he is the high he's been the highest ranked defensive player on the nfl top 100 every year since 2018 so let's just let's just all agree to agree jalen ramsey back-to-back -back years as the highest rated corner in the nfl this year number nine in the NFL Top 100. Again, three players from the Rams in the top 10 and the highest ranked uh, Cooper Cup wide receiver at number four. So, and again, Cooper Cup, there's so many different ways you can bet on him this year too. He's involved in, you know, most receiving yards or uh, you could do receiving and rushing kind of composition. At Bet Rivers right now, most receiving yards, Cooper Cup at 8-1. to one. Jamar Chase also in that conversation at 8-1. to one. And Justin Jefferson also 8-1. to one. All great options and all really good options for your fantasy team as well. See, we're multitasking. We're multitasking right now. Uh, Mike Williams also on that list at 30-1. to one, But curiously or not... Not one of the eight players on the Chargers who was included in the NFL Top 100. Another key player was left out as well, but more on that in a moment. Cooper Cup, uh, absolutely incredible. The connection between him and Matt Stafford is undeniable, and you know that Sean McVay loves to make that happen for them. Also interesting, though, Offensive Player of the Year odds. Cooper Cup is 10-1, to 1, as is Derrick Henry. And Jonathan Taylor is the leader at 8-1. to 1. I, I'm just going to leave that there. I'm just going to leave that there uh, for you to just take in. Justin Herbert also on the MVP odds at 10 to 1. All things to consider. Most, re most receiving touchdowns, by the way, as well. Cooper Cup at 6 to 1. Mike Evans at 7 to 1. Jamar Chase at 8 to 1. So lots of different ways you can look at betting a Cooper Cup if that was something you're interested in for a future, a season long, and you should get it in before the season starts, obviously. Uh, but with that, again, Rams highest ranked defender, wide receiver, and defensive back in the NFL top 100. I don't think that's as cool. I don't. I think I've picked the side. I think that the Chargers having eight in the top 100 is more impressive because I don't know the top 10. It's, a, uh, it's three players in the top 10. That's pretty cool too. Also uh, on the hot list, by the way, for the Rams, Lance McCutcheon. It's the Rams undrafted free agent wide receiver. He led the entire NFL preseason uh, in preseason receiving yards with 259. Perhaps a new... Shiny addition to this incredible offense. So all on the hot list for the Rams. Rams get uh, all of the flowers. The Chargers, most players in the top 100 from a single team with eight, which is the second team to have seven or more players in the NFL's top 100 ever. Does anyone know the other team? We love having trivia on the show. I'd like to give you a beat to imagine what the other team was who had seven or more players in the NFL's top 100. The year was 2017, and it was the Seahawks. Justin Herbert was on this list, of course. He was number 40. The other players on here even who were ranked even higher, J.C. Jackson, Joey Bosa, Keenan Allen was on there. Justin Herbert, as mentioned. Derwin James, Austin Eckler, Corey Lindsley, and Rashawn Slater. When you hear them all back-to-back -back like that, all of a sudden, you're like, yeah, that is an impressive eight. Especially 
Like I said, no Mike Williams, but even more egregious, no Khalil Mack on the list? Wrong. They're wrong for that one. I don't know. So really, you could argue that there should be nine. You could really, really try to push it and say ten. You could say there should be nine. There should be nine from the Chargers. And maybe they had to leave Khalil off because, damn, they couldn't put nine. Uh, Derwin James, by the way, last week, we didn't, we didn't touch on this, but held out and big come up. So he definitely gets on the hot list for this one for just know your worth. Even though I'm sure there's people who say that's way too much. <laughs> that's way too much to play. But nevertheless, especially for, you know, someone we might have health concerns with. But nevertheless, we are all about people getting their money, getting their bag on this show. And Derwin James signed a four-year, $76 million extension. New money average of $19 million. And of that amount, just about $38.5 million is fully guaranteed at signing. He has another $3.5 million that becomes guaranteed by 2023, which again, for those who are falling behind on the years, is next year. And that pushes the total to $42 million. Over five years, that pays out at $85.5 million. And average at signing of $17.1 million per year. He's guaranteed two years. Uh, and then, of course, that trickles into 2024. Uh, and the final two seasons are going to be at $16.75 million and $17.5 million, which are year-to-year -year options for the Chargers. Got to love those year-to-year -year options. But that has to be on the hot list. It just does. I don't make the rules, except for I do, because it's my list. And which reminds me, uh, we'll finally get to something on the not list. I don't know if anyone noticed. We've had no not list yet. But uh, on the not list, actually also on the hot list, we're going to throw this in last minute edition, but definitely not to be overlooked, the WNBA semifinals. We're going to talk about them next, but they deserve to be on the hot list because things did not go as planned, which brings me to the not list. And this makes me petty and just let me be petty for a minute. I don't like to be, all right? It's not something that I strive for. It's not something I put in my journal. It's, I mean, if I had a journal, it's not something I would put in there, but uh, there was a certain uh, betting advice from a prominent, well-known, you could say the most well-known sports network that was put up. And again, I'm not roasting anybody because we all have done this probably. If you've bet long enough, you've had an 0-4 day or something of that nature. But it just, uh, I wanted to highlight it because everyone can be on the hot list one day and the not list the next day if you're a sports better, myself included. But uh, there just was an article that gave out the best bets for betting on the WNBA semifinals game one. And every single one gave out was didn't hit, which again, there was good reasons given. And it just goes to show you, you can come up with good reasons for a bet and you could be right for those reasons. And it still doesn't play out how you think it is, how you think it will. Um, and to also find the sources that you trust, right? That you trust to follow for any given subject. I wouldn't put myself at the top of the baseball list. I know better baseball handicappers that I would trust more than myself. Can I do my own research? Absolutely. But is there somebody who knows more than me that I trust more, who who does this more frequently, who focuses on that sport more? Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I had to put that on the not list because sometimes you're on the hot list and sometimes you're on the not list. But those games did not go over. Everybody was hot on them going over. They did not. Defense surprised. Defense shocked in some ways. I was shocked that Asia Wilson only had eight points. More on that in the next segment. Uh, and also, I think a lot of of the media, perhaps, or analysts, again, take it with a grain of salt, 
thought that the favorites were going to cover the aces were going to cover minus five and a half and that the sky would cover i don't remember what the closing line was for that one but i do know that calvin and i told you if there are points to be had in the sun or the sky game you take whatever side the points are on because these are going to be close games and we'll talk more about them next right here on the los angeles city cast presented by bet river sportsbook Kick off football season with BetRivers Online Sportsbook. All season long, BetRivers is your go-to sportsbook for all football-related content. Check out BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app for the latest odds, unique promotions, player props, and more. Every week, BetRivers has unique football specials to help you win big. Cheer on your favorite teams and back your favorite players with BetRivers. It's a whole new game. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Avari, still here and ready to recap the WNBA semifinals that we saw on Sunday and really just, just give reactions to it. Uh, it was funny, though, because uh, I didn't tweet out one of my bets, which I've been pretty transparent about that I do. Uh, I don't think that I owe anybody the bets that I make necessarily. Like, I'm really grateful that people are interested in what I'm betting. But for that reason, for that exact reason, I like to give out the ones that I feel most confident in sometimes. And then I'll kind of still want to play something that maybe I wouldn't recommend to a friend, but I am willing to spend my own money on. And the play for that that particular day on Sunday for me, I had three plays. I tweeted out two of them. I went one and one on the ones I tweeted out, and I ended up winning the one I didn't tweet out, which was uh, the under in the Storm and Aces game, under 170 and a half, which shouldn't be a surprise either because this is all logic that tracks and were things that were discussed on the podcast. Calvin Wetzel was on last week, always does a great job, and often we're on the same page, which is very uh, nice, nice to know. But we said that if they hung a 170, it would be tempting to, you know... It'd be hard to look over for sure, and it'd be tempting to look under. And that's what I ended up doing. And it did go under. And if you looked back at the games between these two teams, 170 was kind of a reach. And I get it. It's a playoff game. You thought Asia Wilson, Brianna Stewart, it's going to be crazy. But uh, I wasn't. I didn't get there based on what I looked at from the previous matchup. So that worked out nicely uh, as far as an under goes. But it is just interesting because it's always the ones that you're like, oh, man, I should have just laid them all out but I am I am trying to be considered and be like these are the ones I feel the best about best bets I guess whatever and give those out um so I don't know if that's a good or bad thing I do I probably should <laughs> just lay them all out but uh or maybe I should rank them when I give them out maybe that's a better way even though I feel like that doesn't work either I've given out four or five bets before I've been like oh yeah I feel great about these two and they're not the ones that hit this is relatable right for betters you're like yeah yeah these are my I'm not gonna say locks but these are my best bets whatever uh, and then these other ones I've also made like it's in our mind. We have like this is definitely gonna hit this is probably gonna hit I guess and uh, It doesn't it ends up being the opposite sometimes and then you're like Whatever at least they hit it's whatever whatever cash is cash is I'll take it. So with that uh, Long rant over. Let's talk about what we saw on Sunday besides incredible defense Especially in the Sun and Sky game, of course uh, Let's start with the Storm and Aces though because it was earlier in the day I think people were shocked to see how low scoring this was. 76 to 73, the Storm win. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, was not what a lot of betters perhaps were expecting. Even experts were not expecting uh, because the Aces were five and a half point favorites here. And I believe they opened as six-ish point favorites for game two on Wednesday. And that's after their loss by three. So... I did not expect this to be so tight scoring. I believe, actually, uh, it was on the pod last week with Calvin that we talked about 
how uh, these are usually kind of blown in one way or the other. It seems Seattle's won by 10 or the Aces win by 10 or more a couple times, right? And instead, we saw an actual real close game here. Seattle wins by three. I'm sure Becky was fuming here um, because somehow, some way, the Seattle Storm, with their poise, with their veteran leadership, with their defense, they were able to hold Asia Wilson to eight points. And if you don't realize how unlikely that would seem against Seattle this year, 25 points. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> 25 points. Uh, 30, or excuse me, 25 points, 29 points. 17 points. 17 was the lowest amount of points she scored against Seattle this year. Uh, and then she had 20 points against them back in May. She's usually scoring 20 plus in games versus Seattle. And they held her to eight. So, yeah, it's funny because Brendan Glasheen, another great friend of the show, does play-by-play for the Connecticut Sun, was on last week, and he tweeted out some great information about the Sun and Sky game that I'm going to reference here in just a minute. But he tweeted out something like the first day of semifinals, what was it, chaos? And I was like, for me, the word was defense. Like, And it was really refreshing because I'm a huge fan of that, especially as somebody who loves to bet unders. And I had no, again, I had no business betting an under on an Aces game. I've done it before, and it's burned me, like one other time this season. But... I felt confident in the Seattle team to the point last week, again, Brendan and I were talking about, should you go in on the storm on a futures ticket? And I don't know if you should, but I did. I got them at six to one because I looked at the remaining teams in the bracket and the way that Seattle is playing currently, it's, it's interesting because we talk about this in basketball often when it comes to postseasons, playoffs, et cetera. Uh, March Madness comes to mind, obviously, which thank goodness we don't have any single elimination this year for WNBA. It's setting up for a much more interesting matchups here in our best of five series in the semifinals. But uh, Seattle is hot at the right time. I hate the cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. And also, uh, they've been building up to this all season long. And also, we have to take recency into account when we talk about how a team is looking in the playoffs because Greg Peterson, actually, who does a great job at VSIN, covers college basketball, bets on every game, every side of it. He's incredible, does so much research, uh, hosts a lot of different shows for VSIN, and does a great job with baseball as well, uh, does a baseball podcast for them. I was on his show or a show that he was hosting the other day, uh, Sunday night, and he brought up that it's nice that at the end of a season you have a lot of data on a team and you don't feel like you're working from scratch at the beginning of a season. That's how I feel with college football right now. How am I supposed to know what line to make of this? I mean, we had Took Knee win. I'm just highlighting all of last week's episodes. Go back and check them wherever you get your podcast. But we had Took Knee win on uh, from the LA Times last Friday, and we talked about UCLA and USC, and I asked her about the games against Utah because those lines are up. Right now, you could go bet them. Utah at UCLA on October 8th. So far away, but yet not, right? Time's going so fast. I think I turned 30 this year, and everything's just been like a million miles an hour. Uh, Utah is a two-and-a-half-point favorite in that game, and I just kind of asked her, oh, would you want to grab that now in case Utah comes out great and UCLA looks not so good, or vice versa, grab the UCLA plus two-and-a-half, and Utah doesn't look so good, and UCLA looks great. And you're just, it's very hard to do when we don't have a lot of data. So back to the WNBA, my point being, it is nice that you have all this data from the team so far this season, but then playoffs do shift things a little bit. And Seattle, if you just looked at their regular season, it would be a little bit misleading. Again, we're looking at Seattle versus Aces matchups in the regular season, and they aren't necessarily adding up to what we just saw on Sunday. But for me, it, it totally adds up if you look at recency and, and form for Seattle. And also, the contributions from all around the board. I mean, we talk about Sue Bird. 
Uh, and obviously the incredible addition of Tina Charles, which again, cheat code, seems unfair to do even in the middle of a season. Uh, we know that this is not the first time that Tina's hopped around and frankly, great hop. You jumped onto a team that I now have a future stick it on, so I'm with you. Uh, but Brianna Stewart on here as well. We hear about these players. Ezzy Magabor has been incredible this season. Doesn't get as much shine, I think. Stephanie Talbot, for sure. And Jewel freaking Lloyd went off in this first game. You can point to the stat column and say 26 points. I think it was Mark Schindler, another guest of the show. That was two weeks ago. Check out his episode. Did a great job. Uh, and gave some great evergreen content as well. Joel Lloyd, uh, he pointed out her defense. I think he did this on Twitter just recently, that nobody's paying attention to how incredible she is on the defensive side of things. So you only really get shine on Jewel Lloyd when she has a big game like this where her effective sh field goal shooting percentage uh, is 63.2, better than Brianna Stewart's EFG. I mean, it's just... She's doing it all around the board, and I guess my point is that they have these superstar MVP talents, these veteran leadership. Sue Bird is called the GOAT, at least of Seattle for sure. Uh, Brianna Stewart, MVP level talent, Tina Charles. But then you have these other uh, front court pieces that are so essential. And again, she went 4 of 10 from 3, so 40% from 3, and only one other Storm player made a 3. It was Stephanie Talbot. They need that perimeter presence especially versus the aces because the aces will allow those threes so i was really impressed with seattle storm in this game and as of late to the point that i got this the futures ticket so uh if you can still grab one definitely do that otherwise um i like seattle to win this series i think we might go to five games and one more thing i'll say about this matchup and of course we will have calvin wetzel on to preview before wednesday who i i need to reinforce my ideas and my values and my beliefs uh because i'm needy like that but one thing I will say, Asia Wilson, again, held to eight points. Expect a bounce back game. Yeah, going to use the cliche and going to say, I'm going to be looking for Asia Wilson props. And I'm sure others will be as well, because I don't think that they're going to be able to do what they did against her again. I think Asia is going to come back with a vengeance. That said, let's talk about the Connecticut and the uh, Chicago game. It's always hard when I'm switching between cities and team names. I don't know if anybody else has this issue. Sometimes I'll say Connecticut in the sky, and it's just just hard for my brain. But I mentioned uh, Brendan Glasheen, who was on the pod last week and previewed uh, the Wings and the Sun game three and how we were talking about what is this going to look like moving into semifinals. And he had a lot of great stats, obviously, being the play-by-play -play of the Sun. It's the team he follows most closely uh, about this. And I just wanted to highlight some of them. Courtney Vandersloot. Completely a non-factor in this game because of the defense that the Sun had. I mean, the defense was incredible, and Brennan pointed this out. It was the first thing I thought when I was watching this game was, who is this? Is this 2021 Connecticut Sun? This is what this looks like because they totally went back to what worked for them so well last year that put them at the top of that defensive category last year, and, and frankly, offensive as well. Um but just really, really gritty defense, not allowing anything, going after every loose ball, creating turnovers, dominating the board, slowing down the pace of play, which, again, was something that they were kind of trying to work with the opposite of this year. At the start of the season, they said they wanted to increase their pace. I thought that was part of the reason they weren't as successful last year on offense. They weren't able to keep up with teams that could speed them up. They were really good, though, at slowing teams down. They were incredible at it. They were, I mean, the Mystics are the team that comes to mind for me from this year. 
Uh, but the Sun were incredible at doing that last year. This year, they kind of lost that. And so to see that back on the court for them and work so well, and of course, throw Chicago completely off balance here. Uh, both of these teams, too, had to play three games to get here. So you could cite a little bit of, of fatigue, maybe accounting for the score, because again, 68 to 63 was the final. Um, that sounds like a third quarter score at this point. Um, Sun won that one by five. And again, they were the underdogs here. So I think the script for Sunday to Brendan's point, <laughs> he called it chaos, was that it was it was completely backwards of what people were expecting. This is also why I wanted to kind of have a game one to see how this was going to tip the first game and maybe look for live opportunities. There was a really good live opportunity that I just didn't grab, uh, but highly considered. I think I was making cookies and I got distracted, full disclosure. But the um, it does not make me sound like a good handicapper, right? Oh, but she bakes. Yeah, I was baking chocolate chip cookies. And no, they weren't for someone else. They were for me. So I didn't jump in on this opportunity, but you might be able to get it again in this series at some point uh, where the uh, Sun Sky were so low scoring in the first half that um, you could look for like an over 138 even um, being an option or something like that. Um, obviously, this one ended up going over 138, but just something to keep in mind is those really, really low scores at the start. So usually I would say would bounce back in the second half. So it, it worked out, but I didn't go over that. But you're getting a lot of really low totals live in a game like that. Connecticut's defense, just not enough can be said about it. But to the point, again, Courtney Vandersloot taking it back here. Chicago Sky's offense looked completely out of whack. And it has to do with Courtney Vandersloot just being completely shut down, really. She's averaged over 11 points, nearly 12 points uh, in her career versus the Sun. And in game one, five points, two assists, one of four from three. I also saw a funny tweet that said something about Kurt Miller, like yelling in Allie Quigley's ear while she was shooting a three, like he was playing defense, which I thought was very comical. So if that was your tweet, um, great, great job. That really made me laugh. So defense from everywhere, from the bench as well. They did an incredible job of disrupting this offense and also... By the way, it's not like Connecticut won this with their offense. Again, 68 to 63. We told you this would be a tight game all last week, and that is what played out. Um, I'm just trying to see the field goal. Yeah, so effect. So the field goal percentage here for the team, 37.3 for the Sun, 35.3 for the Sky. So yeah, we're not really talking about a huge difference here. I think that the Sun basically prevented the Sky from just. I mean, the Sky really tried to push the pace here, and it just didn't work out for them. Uh, Candace Parker. Shout out. Incredible game. Did what she could. Tried to put her team on their back. But she needs help. She needs help from other places. And it just became glaringly obvious uh, that this offense was not getting it together. The Sun. Old school Sun. 36 points in the paint. 14 fast break points. 10 points off turnovers. And 12 offensive rebounds. That is classic Connecticut Sun. And if they're going to keep playing like this, this could go to five. And it's, it's interesting because I saw a tweet... Oh, man, one of the great WNBA writers I'm, that's I'm blanking on right now that I like to follow uh, mentioned before the series that they're, uh, man, now it's going to bug me if I don't remember who uh, said this. Oh, God, you guys will remember when I say it. But anyways, uh, he said that his head was saying one thing and his heart was saying another thing about how the series would go. And basically that, uh, or his gut, I think it was his, his head and his gut, uh, <laughs> that the sky would sweep them or that maybe it would get pushed uh, to to four games basically, but no talk of five. And I think if the Sun are going to play like this, 
could get interesting, especially because they get the fire in their belly. They're always the bridesmaid and never the bride. They're always the groomsmen, never the groom. And also, they got swept by the Chicago in the regular season, and people don't forget. So, incredible start to the semifinals. I'm excited for Wednesday. You should be, too. We'll have Calvin Wetzel on for Wednesday's show to break it all down, hopefully look at some props as well. I wonder if he'll be interested in the Asia angle as well. Uh, but until then, thank you so much for listening to the Los Angeles CityCast. As always, you can check us out uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That's not always. I've had a bunch of Tuesday episodes this month. But this week... <laughs> It's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, so hopefully we'll catch you then for more L.A. and WNBA action on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.